Hello, you're listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season three. Brought to you by the VoiceOver Network. Sponsored by Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, including video games, commercials, promos, and narration. I'm editor of The Buzz magazine, founder and director of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award-winning entrepreneur. The VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. We are all about helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. The VoiceOver Hour podcast? Well, it takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. They'll be dropping every Tuesday. They'll be up to an hour long, and I'll be talking to some fantastic experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together, to help and support each other, to get the right information and to strengthen this incredible industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Now, I'm joined by a very special guest today. I'm really excited about this interview. We are joined by the brilliant Karin Gilfrey, who is an LA-based voice actor, singer, audio engineer, coach, composer, and producer. She's voiced thousands of commercials, instructional videos, IVR systems, e-learning programs, documentaries, and video games, plus has narrated and produced over 100 audiobooks. Uh, Her past and current clients include FedEx, Volkswagen, Neutrogena, Grubhub, Little Tykes, Play-Doh, and many more. Plus, Corin is the founder of Voice Actors of New York City. Uh, She is the co-creator and co-chair of the Vocation Conference, and she's also co-founder of Nava. So she's kind of busy, right? Welcome, Karen. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really, really wonderful to have you. And yeah, fit, fit, fitting us into your incredibly busy schedule. Oh, it's my pleasure. I can always make time for you. <laughs> Yay. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. And I mean, yes, you've got a lot going on in your life. And I feel like me and you connected quite a while ago. And we've we got a lot of similarities. We really do. Mum to just take <laughs> on more and more and more onto our plates. And we're like, yeah, sure. Just going to start another company over here. And I'm just going to help some more people over there. And yeah. That's so right. I feel yeah. like we're, we're like the US and UK versions of each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of ways. I love it. Oh, wonderful. So we even have the same us. color hair. Oh, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. I know. We're like, you know, just of kind of, yeah. Blonde um, power, yeah. I guess. That's it. BO sisters. Yeah. <laughs> BO sisters. I love it. Um, so 
how did you I mean this is a question I ask a lot of people but it's always it's always interesting and I always love to know you know because there's so many like fascinating stories about how people came into voiceovers so how did you find yourself kind of coming into the voiceover world I started as an opera singer. My my dad's an opera singer, and I grew up uh, in Switzerland for a little while because he was singing there and, um, and in Germany. And then we moved to California when I was a kid. I loved musical theater. I loved performing on the stage. And I studied opera um, in school. I have degrees from USC in California and Juilliard in New York. Um, and then after I had been in the industry for a little while, in the opera industry, yeah. I, it, I just realized that it was just sucking my soul. <laughs> it was just, okay. it wasn't, being being a professional in the opera world is like being a professional ballerina. You know, you yeah. have to just be like on top of your game all the time. Uh, you can't make any mistakes. You're constantly training. Um, and I just, it just wasn't as fulfilling for me as mm. I thought it was going to be. And um, and I was living in Europe at the time um, in kind of a bad relationship with someone who was also a singer and didn't really want me to sing because he, it was like his thing too. And, mm. and, um, and so I wanted to find a way to work from the States while living in Switzerland. And I had a friend who was an opera singer and audiobook narrator. And I thought, well, you know, I've always wanted to to uh, be a voice actor. I, I've loved Disney movies when I was a kid, like we all did, of course. <laughs> um, but I thought, you know, audiobook narration is something that would be perfect for me right now because it's flexible. I could I could do it around my schedule and I could do it in Switzerland and still use my U.S. address and not be violating any kind of visa issues working in Switzerland. Um, so I took some classes when I came back to L.A. I uh, made a made a profile on acx.com and I was like off to the races narrating just terrible books <laughs> really bad <laughs> under uh, under a pseudonym mostly <laughs> right because you don't want terrible books associated with your own name <laughs> so um but but what I discovered was that I just loved it I loved every single thing about it I loved not only the performance part of it but oh. also the fact that I had control over what auditions I was doing and what work I said yes or no to. And there were no gatekeepers like there were in the world of opera. And I could just, I was in charge of my own career and my own life and running a business and editing and like reading books and doing all that stuff. I, it just, I just loved it. And so that's how I started. I did audiobooks for about a year exclusively. And then after that, I jumped into other genres, and it's been just like that ever since. <laughs> awesome, awesome, yeah. And and I mean, so you you've been in the industry, I mean, a while, right? Yeah, like so almost you... ten years, I think. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Almost, almost. I think I started in twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. It's twenty twenty two now, so it's been like nine nine years, I think. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. lots of changes in yes. that time. Oh my gosh, lots of changes. So what? Yeah, what? What so, are the kind of main changes that you've seen in the well, industry? I mean, one thing that I think I think a lot of people who start now, um, kind of can relate to 
is uh, I didn't realize that there was an industry beyond what I was seeing online. I really thought that online casting sites and um, and ACX were the only ways that people were getting work. And I would see commercials on TV and I would think like, that's so weird. I didn't see that one on the online casting sites. <laughs> how did the, how did someone get that job? Yeah. <laughs> and like I knew that there was, you know, uh, SAG-AFTRA, you know, that dealt with commercials or something. But I had no idea that I was supposed to be a part of that at all. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that people had agents and they were going yeah. to auditions in New York. People were going to auditions in person at the time yeah. uh, or agents were sending people auditions. I just had no idea. I was just like in the business from the online perspective. Um, and it took joining Facebook communities yeah. for me to really see that there was an industry that existed beyond the websites that I Googled. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to find the voiceover community and to, I mean, really the people that I, the, the friends that I've made in the last 10 years through voiceover yeah. are, are really like the best friends I've, I've had in, in my life. You know, they're, it's, they're, it's just wonderful, wonderful people who I absolutely adore. And this job can be so isolating, but yeah. to have an online community of people that I, I talk to, you know, on the phone or online uh, almost every single day, it's yeah. like, it's like being part of a, of, of an office, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have people you work with, you know, yeah. um, and it's wonderful. But yeah, the, the industry has changed a lot. I've changed a lot. And uh, and it's been interesting to see the progression of it in the last 10 years. Yeah. And it is, I mean, going back to what you said about voice actors uh, and just the community, voice actors are such a, a like a unique, we're a unique breed of people. Yeah. And it, so, such a friendly, supportive, wonderful place. And I mean, there are, there are, there's a small, you know, there's always going to be a small group of people in any industry that are, aren't like that. But the majority of people in the voiceover industry are warm and, and supportive and friendly. And I think that, you know, there's an element that because it's nothing to do with how we look, it's just all about communication. And so Absolutely. in order to be a, a, a voice actor, a successful voice actor, you have to be a good communicator and you have to have sort of an outgoing bubbliness to you. Um, and, and it is that other thing as well. You know, I talk to people outside the industry and I say what I do, voice actors. So, oh, what is you know, well, I spend most of my time sitting in a little black box talking to myself. Yes. And they... <laughs> I'm like, oh, that sounds like something I would like to do. And you're like, really? <laughs> it is, you know. Uh, I mean, yeah. I remember just finding myself going, you know, it's such a brilliant industry, but we spend so much time on our own. So yeah. connecting to other voice actors is so important. Yeah. I think to the people who, you know, you mentioned there's a small group of people that are not ni the nicest online. But I, I really think it comes from a place of fear and yes. from a place of not understanding, um, not understanding something. Like, yes. for example, me only thinking that voiceover was online. Yeah. People were saying they had agents. And I was literally thinking to myself, why do you have an agent? 
Like what? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? What does that get you? Like, is that like? It seems weird to have a person talking to clients. Like, but why wouldn't I just talk to my own clients? Like, it was so yeah. strange to me. But the more I learned about it, the more I thought, oh, this is really fantastic, and I need many agents. <laughs> this is yeah. a great idea, or or people who get really worried about um, AI and synthetic voices coming and taking over our jobs. I think it comes from a place of fear and a place of yep. not understanding the technology and not understanding the capabilities and not understanding what's kind of coming down the pike. Yeah. Um, and and also not understanding the way that technology evolves and the fact that like it's going to happen whether you want it to or not. And so <laughs> it's yep. better to be educated and and uh, to be open to change, I think, than to try and, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people will be, a lot of people will be left behind um, because they don't understand, they don't understand the technology that's out there and they don't want to learn about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's like, it's like when, you know, social media started and people are like, oh, that's just a fad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even, or even yeah, or even <laughs> streaming, like, oh, streaming no. content. So Netflix, uh, Netflix and Hulu or whatever it was, just like in the last month, just last month, it was reported that streaming services earned more income, had more viewers than uh, cable and broadcast TV. That just happened last month. You would think that it would have happened a while ago, but it was just yeah. reported last month <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that uh, now streaming has surpassed cable yeah. and broadcast uh yeah. with the number of viewers and people thought like oh netflix that's like you get a dvd in the mail oh now you can like kind of watch some shows but it's not a lot it's never gonna you know yeah yeah it yeah. is absolutely and i mean you know we're we're in an industry i mean i, I always i often say this the best job in the world hands down like i you know i love being a voice actor um and we you know there's so much going on in our industry and so many areas of our industry that are really exciting like video games audiobooks animation that are just growing and growing but also you know the technology is 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 you know advancing um and uh, you know for voice actors, it's so important that we stay up to date with what's going on. And we don't just, as you said, ignore it and think, oh, just pretend it's not here, you know, la, 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 hands over your head. Because it's, it's, it's here. We need to, we need to embrace it and understand it and work together, um, which, which I think is really important. And I know that you, you do a lot of stuff, um, in terms of kind of moving things forward in the industry. And I think this is a good opportunity to talk about NAVA. Yes. Tell us a bit about NAVA. So NAVA, what is NAVA? Yes. So NAVA is the National Association of Voice Actors. Um, it was founded by Tim Friedlander. I am the vice president. Tim is an amazing, wonderful person who uh, basically saw a need and was like, somebody should do it. That somebody should be me. I can totally do it. <laughs> and I love, he can. I love yeah, totally, he's, yeah, he's fantastic. I so resonate with that kind of thing. It's like, yes. why is there not a magazine? Right, yes. I'll just start one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it started because during the pandemic, I have a group, Voice Actors of NYC. Um, Tim yeah. had a group at the time, the VoiceOver Collective, now uh, the Gardner Collective. And during the pandemic, people were just not able to go to their survival jobs. You know, a lot of a lot of actors are, you know, servers or they worked in a in a place that, um, you know, they lost their job. Um, and so people needed emergency funds. 
So mm. in Tim's group and my group, we uh, raised money and were just giving people $100 and $200 payments if they asked. People would just say, I need $100. And I would say, no questions asked. Just here, PayPal, have $100, whatever you need. Um, and we had people coming back to us asking again for more donations. And, and people were giving donations into the fund. And it was awesome. And uh, But <laughs> Tim and I, between the two of us over 2020 and 2021, I think Tim did maybe close to $40,000 worth of transactions like that. And I did close to... Thirty-five or $30,000 worth of transactions. And neither of our groups is an official nonprofit. So right. we were, and those PayPal accounts are attached to our personal PayPal. Mm. Um, and so we were paying taxes on that income ourselves. Yeah. Um, wow. So, and then also Bev Standing, speaking of AI, <laughs> Bev oh. Standing uh, won uh, her case against TikTok, which if yes. you haven't followed it, um, TikTok was using Bev Standing's voice without her permission. There was a big court case and they settled. Um, there was a GoFundMe that was set up for Bev in order to pay for legal expenses um, in the case that she didn't uh, win her case, but she did. So Bev donated that GoFundMe money to Tim. And with that money, Tim started Nava, which is an official not-for-profit uh, company that now we can take donations and the donations are tax deductible and we can give out payments to people for emergency things. And that's all fine and, and above board. And we don't have to pay taxes on it personally as personal yeah. income. So that's good. But then after we discovered that, you know, we could form this 501c3, which is technically a voiceover association, Tim realized that as an association, because of some changes in our law, it might be possible for us to provide health insurance um, as a group. So, you know, in the U.S., our health insurance system is uh, really... What's the word I'm looking for? Wackadoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So, um, and it's really not affordable. Uh, and so our our thought was that as an association, we might be able to provide um, association member health insurance. And so we've been working on that for a little, almost almost a year and a half, I think, at this point. Um, we just closed our health insurance census. It was closed last weekend. Um, we had about a thousand people uh, give us their information so that we can then take that group of people and bring it to the insurance companies. The insurance companies will come back to us with rates and then we can all decide which plan we think is the best and we can move forward with health insurance. Now that said, in this in this year long process, we have been consulting with lawyers and we've been consulting with insurance brokers and different health insurance companies. And people have really given us many different answers uh, about whether or not this is really actually possible. Yes, no, maybe, definitely, definitely not. Yes, you can do it. No, you can't, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we can't, we definitely can't do it if we don't try. Yeah. So, so the whole idea is, you know, we get the census and we give it our best shot. And whatever happens, happens. We're not taking money from anyone until we're sure that we have something 
Um, and then once we do, we'll do our best to make it the best it can be. Amazing. Amazing. Well, uh, you know, me and the Voice of a Network, we're all absolutely behind you and we support you. And if there's anything I can do or we can do, just give me a shout. Because oh, I think you. It, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. And um, yeah, I think we need you know something. I mean, we have obviously in the UK, we have the NHS for, for health insurance. We yeah. don't need. Yeah. But in terms of, you know, helping voice actors who are ill, who have, you know, I, you know, I know all about illnesses and not being able to work and uh, health issues and stuff. So, yeah, there's I think there's lots that we can do. And, you know, I'm, I'm such a believer in bringing, you know, us all working together yeah. and helping each other and, and, and sharing information and sharing resources and raising the bar in the industry. And, yeah. and that's that's us all coming together. So I mean, well done you. thank you. Thank you. I was going to say healthcare should be a fundamental human right. You know, really, it should be available to everyone, regardless of your income, regardless yeah. of where you live in the country. Um, and this is specifically in, in the U.S. In other countries, healthcare is a fundamental right of being in that country. Um, so, you know, if we can do something and, and actually SAG-AFTRA just... Uh, raised their health insurance uh, earning requirement again yesterday <laughs> by about a, almost a thousand dollars. So um, it makes it even harder for people who are union members to qualify for health insurance. How much so, do you have to be earning to get health insurance with sag um, I don't know the exact number. I could look it up, but it's around $26,000 now. So you have to earn $26,000 worth of union income. So, and, and qualifying union income. So um, there are certain things that don't count toward your health insurance and pension um, minimums, which is why there are actors who have, you know, TV shows that have been on forever in syndication and they are getting residuals from those TV shows, but they, it doesn't go toward their health insurance earnings and they don't have health insurance. So it's really it's a it's really a very complicated system. Yeah, oh <laughs> and my God. uh I mean in in 2020 the union changed their earning requirements. They had like a lower tier plan and a higher tier plan. If you earned somewhere close to $17,000, you could qualify for the lower tier plan. And if you earned somewhere close to twenty-five or $27,000, you would get the higher tier plan. But they got rid of the tiers and just made it one minimum earning requirement, which meant a lot of people lost their health insurance. And um, I think it was something like 11% of all union members qualify for health insurance so it's like 89 <laughs> percent of people who are union members don't qualify for health insurance oh. and I, just, I have to say i'm not i'm definitely in support of SAG-AFTRA um yeah i want as many people to qualify for health insurance as possible but there is a huge gap between um people who get the health insurance and people who don't. And if that means that you have to quit acting so that you can get a job that has health insurance benefits, that makes me really sad for people. Oh, and we want to, so yeah, and we want to be, we want to be a solution that kind of fills in the gap. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the point We're we're a lot of our board members are important people in SAG-AFTRA. 
Um, and uh, we're definitely working alongside SAG-AFTRA. We want to be, you know, we want to walk down the path together and do whatever we can to help as many people as possible. But our our goal is to be voice actor first. Yeah. So we're taking care of each other as voice actors because within SAG-AFTRA, it's a lot of on-camera. On-camera yeah. is really the priority. And honestly, it should be because yeah. an on-camera actor is in a much more dangerous job than I am sitting in my booth at home. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like I'm not going to be hit by a light. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to yeah. I'm not going to have, uh, you know, anything happen with the fake gun prop or a lion eat me on set or something because yeah. <laughs> I'm just in a booth. So <laughs> they have their standards and that is absolutely important. And I support yeah. that. But also I think that we need a voice as a as a group of voice actors as well. Definitely. So definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and, you know, as as one busy working voice actor, mum, doing millions of things to another, um, the question people ask me, and so I'm going to ask you, because yeah. um, I always get this, you know, you're really, really busy. Um, how do you manage to juggle everything? That's a really <laughs> good question. That's why I always get asked. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, I don't know. So uh, yeah, how do you do it? Um, <laughs> So when my daughter was born, I feel like I structured my day in a way that was totally different from before she was born. So before wow. she was born, I would wake up, it'd be like eight o'clock. I would, you know, maybe do some yoga, have some coffee, answer my emails, see what was on, you know, like do do some auditions, maybe watch some yep. Law & Order SVU, do some more auditions, yeah. clean the house, you know, whatever. After she was born, all of my free time went toward her. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Um, and when I was working, I would work when she was sleeping or we yeah. had a babysitter that came uh, three a days a limited week. Limited amount of yeah, time. Like two hours, three days a week <laughs> or two, two, two days a week, three hours. Right. And so oh. I knew that when I got into the booth, I only had an hour or two hours. Yeah. So I would do all of my things around the house, then I would get in the booth, and that would be like focus, work time, to-do list, check off the to-do list as fast as I can, do as much work as possible, focus, focus, focus. Okay, she's awake. Let's go back to being a mom. Yeah. You know, and that's that's how I have structured my day ever since. When I'm yeah. when I'm working, I try to limit all of my distractions. I make a to-do list, I check things off the to-do list, and I do it as quickly as I possibly can. Um, my motto is uh, like efficiency and uh, I don't know, I guess just efficiency, <laughs> like just being efficient yeah. is really important yeah. to me. Yeah. Even things like even things like just knowing your keyboard shortcuts on yeah. your in your recording software so that you're not yeah. like going up and clicking on a menu and scrolling down to find the thing that you need to do. Just like you just hit it on the keyboard and it's done. Yeah. Um. So that's it. And then also my husband uh, quit his job when my daughter was like maybe nine months old. Um, he had a job that he was going to during the day, but he quit so that he could write from home and do video editing and do some voiceover. And so he is he is like the our primary parent for a lot of the day. And I um, and I'm the primary worker. 
for a lot of the day. So that's that's how we've kind of structured our life. And that's that's been really effective. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I I I I resonate with what you're saying about, you know, I think when you become a mum, a working mum, you know, and you literally, I mean, I remember, yeah, you know, my parents in law would come around and I it would be like, right like literally have two hours to just get everything done. And it was like, okay, uh, you know, so you'd have to get everything, you know, structure and 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 figure out like 10 minute blocks for each yes. different thing that needed yes. to happen. And you had to get it done because that's all the time that you had. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, you, you, you learn to be like, get stuff done. You yeah. just can't wait around. You just have to get it done. Um, so yeah. And also, um, which is to, for me, things always like I might have like a big task looming over my head, like I have to go through my invoices and make sure everything's invoiced, right? Yeah. But it it almost always takes less time than yeah. than I think it's going to take if I just am like really if I just really focus and I'm I'm really efficient about doing like this step, then this step, then this step, then this step, and if I write it into steps. Like first, like look through all my emails and find all the outstanding invoices, send invoice to so-and-so, send invoice to so-and-so, send invoice to so-and-so. Then I can check it off and it feels like I've done something versus writing something on my to-do list, like send all invoices. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. We're going to get checked off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Because it's such a lovely feeling. Yeah. When yeah, like breaking down your your you know your to do list into bits where you can that moment where you get to like cross something off or like do a tick, it's like ha yes. yay! So yeah, giving yourself those little wins yes. is, is really important. Um, so yeah, and I mean, I yeah, my 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 kind of thing, and I'm sure you're going to resonate with this, is that I like I you know I I come from acting and um and I've done many different jobs in my life, and I truly love what I do like I genuinely absolutely love what I do and I think that that energy you know every day I wake up and 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 you know I love being a voice actor but I also love the voiceover network and I love the buzz magazine and I love get your game on and the the events and all these different elements and I truly love them um and and I do think you know having kids kind of can open up your heart as well to to that sort of love and that 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 ability to feel that you know so strongly um but that for me gives me the energy and um yeah I mean we all have you know ups and downs and challenges and things but doing what you love is the best thing in the world and and if more people did what they love I think the world would be a happier place yes I agree fab so on that note of happy and love uh, we're just going to take a short break guys to hear from our amazing wonderful brilliant sponsors this podcast is sponsored by apogee hindenburg source elements and focus right source elements Pioneers in remote recording since 2005, whether you're narrating lines for films, audiobooks, animation or video games, with Source Connect, you will deliver remote voiceover takes in the highest quality and in perfect sync over the internet. This podcast is brought to you by Focusrite Vocaster. Focusrite's recording interfaces have already helped make more recordings than any other, ever. 
Now, with Vocaster, it has never been so simple to get the best-sounding podcast with auto-gain, enhance, and easy start tool. All the things you need to get recording. Vocaster is the easiest way to set up your show. Find out more at focusrite.com or search Vocaster. Tell the world. This podcast was sponsored by Apogee, your audio solution. When it comes to home studios, Apogee is on the cutting edge, providing excellence in every area. They creatively think outside the box to create solutions for all the day-to-day problems faced by voiceover artists. And finally, Hindenburg Narrator, intelligent and intuitive software editing to solve your most common audiobook narration challenges. From uneven levels and noise reduction to ACX and Findaway validation. Download your exclusive Von 60-day trial and $50 discount code at hindenburg.com forward slash voiceover network. Hello, everybody. Okay, we are back with the brilliant Corin Gilfrey. Uh, we've talked about lots of different things. Um, I want to talk a little bit about being a female voice actor in the industry. Yes. Um, now things things are you know are, are better than they were, but like, ha- have you? What issues have you had or come across uh, in the industry as a female voice actor? You know, when I started, things were very different from what they are now. Um, I feel like now since Me Too and since, you know, some of the other social movements that have happened in the world, people want to hear different stories and different voices than have been traditionally a part of voiceover in the past. And so yeah. I think it's a really great moment for all kinds of people, including women. Yeah. Um, I remember, I think it was maybe in 2018, where I heard the first luxury car commercial for an Alfa Romeo car that was voiced by a woman. And um, Lisa, I think it was Lisa Loeb who did it, actually. Oh, um, yeah. it was, and it was a Super Bowl commercial. And I just wow. thought, like, oh, my God, I've never, I've never heard a woman voicing a luxury car ad before. This is so great because, of course, we buy luxury cars. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic, and and there are a lot of things that, um, like during COVID, I think we were all so um, anxious and on edge and just like broken every day. I think. Yeah. And the voices that were chosen for most of the COVID TV commercials, to me, it was like when you when you're sick, when you're scared, you know, who do you want to hear? You you want to hear your mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you want to hear your mom, but you don't want to hear your mom like as an old lady, like she might be now if you're in your, you know, 40s, 50s, whatever. You want to hear that sound of your mom when you were a kid. Like your mom saying like, honey, I know that this is really scary, but it's okay. And and we're going to be okay. And we're going to do whatever it takes to make it be okay. And so I think COVID was a time when women got to stand in the spotlight a little bit more. And we realized that we, that we needed and wanted 
warm female voices to kind of be, you know, that reassuring presence in a time that was so uncertain. And, um, and I think it's continued, which, which is, which is great. There are certain genres that are still heavily dominated by men, like promo, for example. Yeah. Um, but that's changing too. And I think when we can get to a place where everyone is represented equally, that will be a very good place to be. Um, and when, where there are opportunities for everyone who exists in the world, all different kinds of people. I think it's great. It's a good time. It's a good time to be a woman. (laughs) It is. It is. And it's really, you know, it's really interesting, um, the shifts and, and, and it's funny that you mentioned promo because, you know, there are differences in the UK and the U S and, and we do have lots of females doing promos. So it's a, it's a really interesting thing in America. It's, it's very much male in the promo. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think it is wonderful that that you know there is more of a balance coming now between male and female voices that we hear, but also the diversity. Um, and in terms of, I think the balance, you know, I think a lot of that also comes from behind the scenes. You yeah. know, the the change behind the scenes. So there being more female producers and more female directors and more female yes. writers, and then also moving it into the you know the diversity there are now more you know different ethnicities and that that all comes through because that then opens it up uh and then you know you know there's more different sexuality you know there's there's transit you know there's all of this that's now that's now more accepted and more talked about and and I just think that that's so fantastic because we live in such a colorful, vibrant, you know, multicultural, multi, you know, everybody's different. And yeah. it's wonderful to embrace that. And, and that's that's really important. I and as voice actors, we, 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 you know, we're storytellers. We're, yeah. you know, when you think back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, there, were, there are always have been in, in societies, there have always been storytellers and they're really, really, it's really important to share stories and tell stories. And as voice actors, you know, that's what we're doing. We're communicating and we're, we're connecting people and, and telling stories and we need to tell everybody's story. Yeah. I think also the shift to more naturalism in voiceover yeah has made a big impact as well uh, as far as who we're hearing stories from and whose voices we hear more often because we've really moved away from like you know the announcer guy who talks like this and he is the announcer you know tells you what you shouldn't shouldn't do exactly exactly (laughs) and and i just i imagine especially now just thinking about covid if we had had that voice during the pandemic it would have been really not, not, Horrible. not great. <laughs> like, you know? Um, and so I think this shift to more natural delivery has, has really opened up, has opened up opportunities for a lot of people too, because, you know, I don't, I don't have that voice, <laughs> the announcer voice. Um yeah. If you do, and that's your natural voice, wow, that's that's very cool too. <laughs> yeah. I do know, I do know some some people who have that. That's like their real natural voice, and that's like that's that's pretty cool too. But, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. 
it's it's a good time yes definitely 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 and then and in terms of kind of your career as a voice actor what challenges have you faced and and how have you overcome them well i mean in the beginning like everybody i i really i just struggled to make money i mean honestly if we can if we can be totally honest about that yeah um, yeah you know, I was, when I decided to be a voice actor, like I said, I was in kind of a bad relationship uh, when I started and I did end up getting a divorce and I moved to New York and I was living by myself in my apartment. Um, I had like an apartment that my parents uh, were the guarantors for because I couldn't afford to get it on my own. They didn't pay for it, but they were just like, their name was on it. Um, I was like renting my second bedroom out on Airbnb. I, um, you know, was just, I was babysitting to make ends meet and just like working, just working hard every single day. And there were some months where I had negative money in my checking account, but I had the drive and the belief in myself that I could make this a career. And honestly, once I started making enough money to really live on it, things got better and better and better and better. It was those first two to four years of starting and really struggling that were really hard. And then after that, you know, I, I just, I kind of saw what was possible. I had a, I had a business coaching meeting with Lisa Biggs, who is fantastic. I love her. And she, she mentioned something about like, she just uh, casually, I was like, how do you get a client to pay you who hasn't paid you in a while? And she mentioned like, oh, I always have X amount of dollars and outstanding invoices. And, and when she said the number that she said, I was like, what? (laughs) People make that much money in voiceover? That's amazing. (laughs) And it was, it was like that little spark that made yeah. me realize, oh my God, this is like, Possibility. I was thinking too small. Yeah. I was thinking too small. I had limiting beliefs. I had no idea that it was possible to make that amount of money. And yeah. um, we did this thing uh, two years ago, the voiceoversurvey.com, where we asked people all kinds of really interesting questions about their own voiceover businesses, including their income. And there are people making like, you know, over half a million dollars a year in voiceover. That's just their voiceover income. A lot of people, a lot of my friends, you know, people I know. Um, And that is totally possible. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's like not a small, it's like people that I interact with and talk to every day. It's, it's great. Um, And I think once you see what's possible, you, it gives you the, it gives you the drive to be able to like push forward every day and know that you don't always have to be a, st- a starving artist and then yeah. like, you know, have nice things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That, that, that belief as well, that belief in yourself and that, that drive. Um, and I think also having people, the you know, people around you as well to help you, you know, in terms of who inspire you yeah. and to help, believe in you because you know 
I often say to people, it's about who you surround yourself with. Absolutely. Um, and surrounding yourself with people who will help you and, and encourage you and empower you and say, yes, you can, is really important. I think one of the best things a newer voice actor can do is get with a friend who's like maybe like two years ahead of you in voiceover, yeah. um, who you feel like you can talk to kind of on a, on a more equal playing field and get advice, get business advice from if, if they seem to be doing well, because coaching is absolutely wonderful. Everyone should coach. Getting advice from from the top business minds in voiceover is wonderful. But some of them have been in the business for a long time. And the and the way that they started is kind of outdated. Yep. So to have someone who is doing well, who started more recently, who yep. you can kind of bounce ideas off of um, is is really important. And that's that's, you know, part of the reason why coming back full circle to the voiceover community. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's so great to be part of Facebook groups and to go to conferences and to go to conventions and to go to award ceremonies and to see people in person and meet them and talk with them because the more network and and yes and be part of the voiceover (laughs) network and go to get your game on yes Uh, in November right yes yes Yes, sort of November, guys. Get your game in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, because when you go and you spend time with other voice actors, you get a sense of what people are doing and what you can what you can do to be better. And I think that's really, really valuable. Absolutely, and there is something you know when you find your tribe. I remember really feeling like that with voiceovers, and just suddenly being like, "Oh my god, I've." this is my people. These are my people. This is my, you know, uh, and it's, and it's really special and, and it can really lift your soul. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, so many people at at events, you know, that I've met who've then, you know, have come to like, I mean, I'm going to talk about get your game because we mentioned it, but I know that it's changed so many people's lives. And that to me is just amazing because it is, you know, and yes, we we can learn loads online and, and podcasts are incredible. And, online workshops and webinars but the in-person stuff there's something that happens when you go to an in-person it, it, it you have connections and it just raises everything yeah um, and so yeah yeah which is which is awesome and we have a lot of great stuff happening in in our industry you've got a conference i've got conferences <gasps> yes. we've got yes actually our cool. next conference is going to be oh, yes. in cancun <gasps> in february and, yeah, the vocation conference is 100% dedicated to just the business side of voiceover. So it's not performance. It's all like setting up your business for success, you know, yes. contracts Which, and negotiation oh. and talking to agents and online casting and all kinds of stuff. So I love all that. That's yeah. like you know, totally my thing. I love it. And, you know, and then have a have a drink and sit on the beach. Yes. So, at an all inclusive resort. Yes. Look, I've got a turtle top on tonight. Ooh, you turtles. can't see people, but yeah. <laughs> I love Mexico. That's so exciting. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah. Really really where can people find out about that? Uh, you can go to vocationconference.com. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Fabulous. Um, I do want to just mention, just in case, because I have heard him in the background, um, and I know he just did a big, but my, my 
puppy Nemo has been snoring and huffing and puffing and making all sorts of noises. I don't know if it's picked up on the I haven't heard it, but he's very, but the, he's very cute. Nemo. He is a little pickle. He's, um, yeah, so he's been really snoring. I could hear him in my book. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can hear him, guys, that is Nemo. Um, anyway, so yes, wonderful, incredible. Oh my gosh, I could just keep talking to you. I but, know, but, I love talking uh, to you. I wish we lived closer. I know, I know, <laughs> but I will see you soon in yes. Los Angeles. I can't wait. Um, so um, it's been an amazing uh, hour. We've covered lots of different subjects. I always kind of like to kind of wrap things up with um, what advice would you give to a younger you? Oh, to a younger me? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I would say, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And that everything in your life that has ever happened to you is leading up to the most incredible, you know, future. It's like impossibly beautiful. You can't even imagine it. So just keep doing what you're doing. And even though you're broke and lonely, <laughs> living by yourself and eating a lot of pasta and frozen chicken and frozen peas, just keep doing it because it's all going to be worth it in the end. Yay. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that is that's such a lovely, lovely message. And um, yeah, I mean, you've you you've got a phenomenal career you're doing so much to help other people you're an incredible mom brilliant friend and i love you so oh i love you, you too it was so great Yay. to be here with you today it's been brilliant and i know everybody listening you guys have uh, it's been yeah you've got a lot out of this this podcast episode so um yay awesome well take care stay safe and i will see you very soon yes we'll see each other soon Thank you so much again. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season three. Brought to you by the VoiceOver Network. With special sponsors, Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode, bringing you more behind-the-scenes stories in the voiceover industry.